Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I am your host on this Sunday afternoon. I hope you are enjoying your Sabbath at home or in your car or on your iPhone listening to MPB Think Radio. As I said, this is the Arts Hour. This is the Mississippi Arts Commission's one hour a week turn at the microphone where we talk to folks who are in the arts, who do community work, who are creative partners of ours all across the state. Today in the studio with me, I have an old friend of mine, Forrest Gailey. Welcome, Forrest. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So now you and I met um, when I first, well, we'd met before, but we really began to work together when I first came to the Arts Commission in 2005, and it was post-Katrina, mm-hmm. and we started this work that, that we called uh, uh, the Culture Club, the meeting right. of all of the cultural agencies to figure out what we could do collectively for the, for the six lower counties uh, mm-hmm. in a response to Katrina. And you would often come to those meetings, and right. we would meet monthly. It was, a, it was a good time, and we did a lot mm-hmm. of interesting projects, I thought. Mm-hmm. But you work at Archives and History, right? Yes. And you're you have you are known as a special projects officer, but you are specifically uh, to our show today. You are the Eudora Wealthy curator. That's is that right. right. Now, is that mm-hmm. of the images as well as the words of her papers, or just her photographs? Yes, it's manuscripts, correspondence, uh, any number of other items, her negatives and photographs. It's a a very large collection. Now it measures about uh, two hundred thirty cubic feet, which is the way archivist mm-hmm. think of of measuring the world is cubic feet a cubic foot is about the size of a u-haul box okay and and you are home based in the william winter archives and history building is that what it's called yes and that's where the department's uh, research library is located uh-huh. well, where are you in that building where's where's miss welty's <laughs> collection <laughs> there's several floors and the Collection itself is in the stacks in the lower levels of the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's processed on the second floor, which is a highly secure floor because that's where we have the government records and non-government records that are processed before they're made accessible to the public. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been working with Miss Welty's papers? It seems to me probably 25 years. 25 years. Mm-hmm. You get up every day and, and you, you <laughs> dig into Eudora Wealthy's world. Well, well, I do other work as well. <laughs> <laughs> but primarily, you're, you're but the wealthy I spend a lot curator. of time with, with the wealthy collection. Wow. So do you just have hours sometimes where you just pick a box and shuffle through <laughs> it and see what look at her postcards and her notes and such? Well, I know that's what you want to think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> but... For one thing, there are other archivists who work on her collection, uh-huh. uh, and so my focus has been primarily with the photographs, mm-hmm. and um, I work with people frequently who want to use her photographs, publish her photographs. I know the uh, Arts Commission has used her images before, and you and I have worked together yep. to, to uh, 
secure those permissions and images. Um, other archivists have also worked to process these papers, the manuscripts, correspondence, and Welty kept a lot. Right. Uh, um, so we even have a series about um, works that other people have done about Welty and, mm-hmm. and gave her copies. Oh, okay. So it's not just her original things, but things she kept right. that were of interest to her or important to her. Yes. Let, I bet she has an incredible correspondence collection, the letters. Yes, they're over uh, 14,000 letters. Now, have they ever been published? In a... Some of them have. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a book many years ago, Author and Agent, and uh, oh, yeah, that yeah. focused on the correspondence between Eudora Welty and her agent, longtime agent, Dermot Russell. Mm-hmm. So, so the reason that we have invited you here today uh, is to talk about this reissue of this book of ph- photographs called Eudora Welty's or Eudora Welty Photograph. Mm-hmm. Is it plural? Photographs. Photographs. That's what's in. And it was originally published in 1989. Correct. And this is uh, a new edition. It has all the images that were featured in the first edition, plus uh, 16 more. And some of these are images that few people would have seen before. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's interesting. The new ones are photos that very few people have seen. Correct. And uh, there's a new foreword by Natasha Trethway. And these... uh, Images were reproduced by electronic scanning, which is a new, which is a newer technology. Technology since the, the eighty-nine version, right? Mm-hmm. And so these images have uh, frequently have a lower contrast than what what we've become accustomed to, and uh, you can see a lot more detail in some of these images. So for people who have who are familiar with the first edition, I think they'll be uh, delighted by what they see in this new edition. So it's a, is it a more robust uh, printing or just different? Just just different, I think. Is it about pixelization uh, like the, the, the new digital stuff or is it about contrast? I mean, what's the difference in the technology now? Um, you know, we were... We were talking about our experiences in working in a photographic darkroom before. Right, right. Uh, you know, one of the uh, techniques in in a darkroom uh, was called burning or right. dodging, mm-hmm. uh, and so it was a it was a physical process to shade the paper and control the exposure of the negative to the paper that way. Uh, with electronic, uh, with with this technology, um, the computer is helping one uh, get the the best exposure across the image. But then it takes a, a qualified technician, a technician with a photographer's eye to make the most of what the automatic exposure is telling them. And then uh, and then uh, I don't want to say manipulate, but uh, make choices mm-hmm. that can bring out the most in a negative. And, and who was the technician who worked on these images? Uh, Judy Hawking. Judy Hawking. I bet mm-hmm. she's 
not from around here. Where is she from? Well, or am I wrong? I'm I'm not sure where she's well, it's from. It's okay. <laughs> Judy, she's if you're listening and you know where you live, you want to give us a call. And be... <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, she she did the work there at the archives. Okay, so she worked on it inside the chamber, the usual yeah. wealthy chambers, <laughs> right? In archives and history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the new book uh, was, I think it was released in April. Yes. It's published by the University Press of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Now, did they also publish the original uh, 1989? Yes. Okay, so this is a reissue for them. Right. And they, uh, I think they've uh, printed, you know, the original was a hardback. Mm-hmm. And then I think they printed more uh, in softback editions. Right. But then this is a, a new anniversary 13th edition. anniversary, I read, right? 30th. 30th. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got my numbers wrong. Uh, and so this is a, a hardback. All right, uh, so, so there was the original hardback uh, in 89, then there mm-hmm. was a soft paper mm-hmm. copy that was released, and then now we're back to a, an original redo uh, yes. of a hardback. Yes. And it's available in all your independent bookstores. Oh, yes. And it's mm-hmm. out there on the shelves uh, as mm-hmm. we speak. And as you mentioned earlier, there are some differences in the re-release product than the original product. And one of them is that a new forward was written by Natasha Trethewey, the great poet mm-hmm. from the Mississippi Gulf Coast, who long served as both Mississippi's and the United States Poet Laureate. And I think she's recently moved. She was in uh, Emory University in Atlanta, and I think she has moved to another hmm. university. But she... Mm-hmm. Comes back often to Mississippi. In fact, she'll be at the Mississippi Book Festival this year. Yeah. I believe it's August the 19th. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's coming back to Mississippi for the fifth, an- fifth anniversary of the book festival. So mm-hmm. she comes home often. We are putting uh, a, a writer's trail marker up for Natasha mm-hmm. down on the, um, on the coast. And she wants it uh, at the Ship Island Ferry Landing, ah, okay. which her book, Native Guard, opens mm-hmm. there at the ferry. Mm-hmm. And then she goes on to talk about the Native Guard and honoring them. Beautiful story. If you haven't mm-hmm. read it, I would encourage uh, listeners to take a, a, a deep dive into that. My guest today is Forrest Gailey. Forrest works for uh, the Mississippi Department of Archives and History. She is a special projects officer, but primarily she is the Eudora Welty curator, dealing mostly for the purposes of our radio interview with the photographs and and now this reissue of, of Eudora Welty's photographs uh, that has recently been uh, released. So it's got um, 16 new images that weren't in the original 1989 versions. And right. Can you tell me a little bit about those new images and how they were selected, what they are images of, and, and, okay. and a little bit about them? Okay. Um, in 2017... The Eudora Welty Foundation was interested in producing a new portfolio. And so they went through images that were uh, already uh, donated to the department and some images that uh, had not been transferred to us yet and selected several images. Um, some are some are the familiar things, but they wanted to have some images that very few people had seen before, and so some selections were made at that time mm-hmm. for that portfolio, um, and that was later 
produced at the end of 2017 as optimism and reality. Um, so when University Press uh, was working on producing this new edition, they were interested in images that that had either hadn't been published before or that few people had seen before. And so we we kind of dipped back into that pool and selected uh, from those images and from some images that Welty had selected herself for her first gallery show back in 1936. Oh, wow, in New York, right? Right, at the mm -hmm. Lugene Galleries. So one could argue that Welty made some of these selections <laughs> herself. for herself. Yeah. Um, and some of them are, are particularly uh, interesting, I think. Uh, I don't know if you want me to talk yeah, about particular. Yeah, tell us about a few of them that are of particular interest. I know there are 13 total of the new ones that were included that were not in the uh, 1989 original uh, Eudora Welty Photographs book. So, yeah, I'd be curious about what a few of them are. Okay. Uh, one that I like in particular is called View from the Ferris Wheel. And uh, it's it's taken from... Uh, the position of being seated at the top of the in the car at the top of the Ferris wheel, looking down over the shoulders of the car and the women in front of her, and then beyond that you see uh, a fair ride that is moving in a horizontal direction instead mm. of the vertical direction of the Ferris wheel, and one could almost get vertigo from looking at this photograph, wow. but it's. Uh, it's taken at a, at a slight angle, and you see the crowds below, and you have a real sense of these opposing motions and activity, and it really it really captures the atmosphere of the State Fair. So it was taken at the Mississippi State Fair on mm -hmm. the fairgrounds. Right. And what year would you say? Do you know? uh, it'd probably be the mid-30s. Most of the photographs in this book were taken in the mid-30s. And this was... These were not photographs for the WPA, but but they were f during the period when she was working uh, for the federal government in the in the WPA program. Is that right? Yes, she worked as a junior publicity agent, and she did take some photographs for the WPA. But the photographs we're talking about here and that belong to the department were taken by her using her own camera and film most often on her own time, and so she retains the copyright to those images. They are not in public domain. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today. I am also the executive director of your Mississippi Arts Commission every Sunday. Uh, myself or one of the members of the MAC uh, agency, the Mississippi Arts Commission, will sit here in the studio and talk to artists and uh, folks around the state who are engaged in the arts, whether they're community leaders or individual artists or people in arts education working with children in schools. And this is our chance to uh, really talk about the importance of arts in our state, our culture, uh, and in our daily lives. Today, my my guest is Forrest Gailey. Welcome back, Forrest. Thank you. Forrest is uh, the Eudora Welty curator at the Department of Archives and History, and the occasion for having her in the studio is to talk about the reissue of Miss Eudora Welty's book of photographs, originally published in 1989. 
uh, and and recently, as recently as April, it's been reissued in a new hardback special edition with a new forward, 16 additional photographs uh, on top of the more than, uh, were there 200 and something in the book? It's uh, Let's say it's a little over 250. Okay, a little over 250 photos in the book. Uh, and it's really uh, a fabulous look at 1930s Mississippi when Miss Welty was out and about with her camera uh, documenting what she saw and places she went. She had such a great eyes. As, as well as a great writer, she was a, a fabulous documentarian, and she she had great perspective, and she, she saw things in a very special way. And this book, of course, is a reflection of that. And the book is available. You can purchase it at any independent bookstore across the state and order it online, I'm sure. The University of Mississippi Press uh, published it, and it is a beautiful book. I've seen it. Uh, in the office, and it's uh, we're really happy for us to have you here. I know it was a really special project for you, and I wondered if you would open this uh, segment of the show up by reading a quote from uh, Natasha Trethewey's brand new forward uh, in the reissue. Okay. The university press decided to change the photograph that was used on the cover of the book, And it's a photograph of a young woman who's standing on a curb about to cross the street. And they had made this decision in conjunction with Mary Alice White, Eudora Welty's niece. And then they received the new foreword from Natasha Trethway. And as it happened, that's one of the images she focused upon. And this is part of what she had to say. It shows a young woman in a street scene poised on a curb as if about to step off and cross the street. She seems on the verge of something, paused in her forward motion as if to present herself as a woman with places to go. A picture of elegant nonchalance, though the look on her face suggests something else. Welty captures the ambiguity, the woman's inner complexity. I think that gives us an idea of what you can expect from these photographs. Right. And and their photographs, I guess the time period, what would you say of, of the photographs, 1930? Yeah. Most of these photographs would be from about 1934 through probably 38 or 39. Um, then they're more in the early 40s. And then there are a few that are in the 1950s. And, and the... Uh, the places and things are remarkable. They're, they're portraits, landscapes. They're shot in New Orleans and Charleston, South Carolina. They're photographs from New York, from Mexico, England, Ireland, all across Europe. And they're also photographs of her friends and family, which yes. she, I think, took all the time. Yeah. And and I guess she developed all of these herself, or would she send them away back in those days and have them developed and they would be returned? When she was uh, young, uh, I guess in her early 20s to mid-20s, she did uh, establish a home Mm darkroom in her kitchen. And so she did print some of these images and uh, printed enlargements. But uh, she had a lot of the negative development and a lot of the prints done at standard photo. 
which is, you know, just downtown back then. So they were actually done here in Jackson? Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. But she did do some of the enlargements herself. Mm -hmm. And for that Lugine show back in 1936, I I think she must have done all those enlargements. And that was the first time that her photographs had been shown publicly, right? Yes. And how did that come to be? I mean, how did that happen? Who saw the photographs? And I mean, she was a writer and mm -hmm. I guess by this point, fairly well-known, right? Well, or actually not. Not so much. She, um, While she was in New York, she went to uh, Lugine Opticians, right. and she had noticed when she was there, a, a camera shop, she noticed when she was there that they had photographs by one photographer on display, and she just went ahead and asked, can I do that? <laughs> Would you, you do can that I have for a me? Show here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so they agreed. And uh, I'm not sure of the timing, but at some point after that, you know, she returned to Mississippi. And they were still interested. Um, so then she, there was this back and forth between her and the people at the shop looking at the photographs, them giving her tips on how to uh, make better prints. Mm -hmm. And they pulled it together that way. And in the uh, question and answer section that Sethus Renovasan and Hunter Cole did uh, in the first edition, and it's included in the second edition, she talks about that. And she says that after the show uh, uh, was set up, she learned that the way they had described these photographs was that they were from uh, a, a primitive... <laughs> <laughs> a primitive place. Right, a primitive place. And she realized, well, she must be thought of as primitive. <laughs> wow. So I assume you knew Miss Welty. I was acquainted with her. I, mm-hmm. I I would love to say that we were friends, but by the time I came along, Miss Welty had a world of friends, and she didn't need another friend. She needed a <laughs> she needed a good archivist. And so, so but you were able to work with her uh, somewhat while, mm-hmm. during the time that you've been her archivist. So she knew you were her archivist. Well, or not? Um, yes, probably the first archivist she worked with was Hank Holmes, who yeah. ended up becoming the director of the Department of Archives and History right. for many years. And uh, there have been many archivists who've worked on the collection. Dr. Betty Usman, who's just retired, uh, Elena Patrick, Michael Hennon. Uh, I'm probably forgetting people, and I'm embarrassed. <laughs> but these are people uh, who worked at the Department of Archives and History. Right. Who and preceded you as the curator. Or worked simultaneously with, with mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. So so you're not, you're not the only archivist. Right. It's a big collection, and it's taken a lot of archivists to process it and manage it. And how many images do y'all actually have there uh, in the total collection? Right. right now we have, I would say... <laughs> 1,652 that are processed. But in the last year, uh, her niece, Mary Alice, has donated, transferred additional negatives and photographs to us. So we'll be adding to that number. So a collection like this probably is, is never complete, I guess, as long as there are people who have photographs that she either gave them or they find 
mm-hmm. they will be of interest to to the collection. Is that right? Or well, this is uh, uh, for archivist the the way we form collections. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, the Welty collection. Everything in the Welty collection would have come directly from Welty, or as I said a minute ago, uh, these more recent things have come from her niece, but they were originally owned by Welty. Uh, uh, the niece was just a, uh, retaining them for a little while, mm-hmm. and they are really Welty's and would have come to us a few years ago. Um, However, do they come as you, images or prints or both? Both negati- I mean negatives, negatives and or, prints. Okay, both. Okay, uh, can be one or the other. Right. But let's say you have a wealthy photograph mm-hmm. and you have noticed we don't have that photograph and you would like to give it to us. We would be interested in that, but it would not become a part of Eudora Wealthy's collection. Ah, it would be part of the Malcolm White collection, and At we the would simply. In history. Yeah have a, a cross-reference to that image. So, so the, the wealthy collection is, is is limited to the ones that she owned or hers or that, that were in her collection. Yes. And that, that's definite. There is no adding to that. Right. Unless there's something out there that a family member or something. Well, I don't even know. Even then it wouldn't matter, right? It's still not her collection. Yeah, it's a it's a f- yeah. Uh. <laughs> so so people listening who say, oh, I have this Eudora Wealthy photograph. I wonder if they have a collection of it at Archives and History. Mm-hmm. You'd be interested in seeing it, right? But it might not be added to the Wealthy collection, right? I right. Got you. Mm-hmm. All right. So, how long uh, was the process of creating this book from the time that University Press said we want to make a book, a reissue? What's that process mm-hmm. like? They would have known several years ago that they were interested in in creating a new edition. The first edition sold very well, and I I think may have sold out or nearly sold out, even the softback editions. Uh, They wanted to do a new edition and wanted to make it unique. Um, I think uh, they probably contacted us in the fall of... 17, and then we used 18 to produce all those electronic scans mm-hmm. to deliver them to University Press, and then uh, their designer, uh, Todd Lape, right. uh, would have worked to redesign the book and incorporate these 16 new images, uh, and then they would go through the production process and uh, with the idea that it was going to be available in, in April. Gotcha. Which is Welty's birthday month. So that was what they timed the, the launch for her birthday month. Right. And we, we earlier in the first section talked a little bit about the 16 additional photographs, and you talked about the one at the State Fair. I wonder if you would pick out another one to tell us about. That was great, hearing about the okay. the photograph from the top of the Ferris wheel. Okay. What's another interesting one? Um, another one is carrying the ice for Sunday dinner. And in this image, they're two boys, they're walking down a dirt road, uh, and this, and they've got cute uh, blocks of ice tied up in string, and they're carrying them by using the string as a handle. So the sunshine is going through the ice, creating a shadow on the dirt road. Hmm. But because it's ice, the shadow is 
very different. They're dark spots, but they're also just clear pools of light. And as the boys, it must be about noon, and as the boys walk along, they're stepping into the shadow of the ice. It's just a beautiful photograph. But one reason I like this image is because it reminds me of my father and him talking about going and getting the ice. And there's another image, an older image, called Tomato Packer's Recess. I love this image because uh, it shows a group of uh, the tomato packers. They're taking a break. There's a fellow playing a guitar in the center of them all, and there are lots of people crowded around and lots of faces. Yeah. Uh, My father told me that when he was about 12 or 13, he would uh, go to his grandparents for the summer, and his summer job was with a produce company, and his job was to glue, put glue on the back of the paper labels, paste them on the wooden crates. And what I remember is that he said at night when he would go home, he would take off his overalls and stand them in the corner because there was so much paste. It was solid glue. <laughs> right. So I'll tell you, when we come back from the next break, I'll tell you a little bit more about why I thought that was an interesting story. Okay, great. My guest today is Forrest Gailey. She is the Eudora Welty Curator at the Department of Archives and History, and we're talking about the reissue of Eudora Welty's photograph book. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. We're here today in the studio of MPB Think Radio. Uh, Kevin Farrell is the producer, and my very special guest today is Forrest Gailey. Welcome back, Forrest. Thank you. Forrest is the curator of the Eudor Welty photograph, photographic collection at the Archives and History. And today we're talking about the reissue of Miss Welty's photographs, a, a book of her photographs, first published in 1989 and just released this year in April. Um, Some 250 photographs. They're all black Mm -hmm. and whites, by the way. There are no color (laughs) photographs and there are no digital photographs. (laughs) (laughs) But I've asked Forrest to to share with us a quote from Miss Welty that sort of talks about her creativity and comparing writing to photography. In an interview that Sita Srinivasan and Hunter Cole did with Welty prior to the first edition, this was the answer to one of their questions. Some perception of the world and some habit of observation shaded into the other, just because in both cases, writing and photography, you were trying to portray what you saw and truthfully portray life, living people as you saw them. And a camera could catch that fleeting moment which is what a short story in all its depth tries to do. Yeah, that's great. And you you also on the break sharing a little bit about the perspective uh, in the original forward, the Reynolds Price, which is also in the reissue. Mm -hmm. It has the original forward and the addition of the uh, Natasha Trethewey forward. Yes. Reynolds Price was a good friend of Miss Welty's, and in the new edition there was uh, some thought given to having only the new forward, but I think everyone agreed that uh, Reynolds Price was so important to Miss Welty that that she would really prefer that that forward be retained. Did she select Reynolds Price to write the forward in the first book? I believe she did. I know they were really close friends. Mm -hmm. And he was a North Carolina-based writer? I think so. Mm -hmm. Oh, 
Uh, and so the reason I brought up my father and told stories about my father, <laughs> the, the, the glue, the glue <laughs> the story, glue story uh, is because in Reynolds Price's forward, he talks about studying these images from one's personal perspective, and that that's uh, the expected thing to do, and and that's the best you know wonderful way to come to these photographs. But after you've done that. Go back and study the images as if you're walking in someone else's shoes. Take a new perspective. And I, I think that's a, a brilliant idea and uh, a wonderful way to dip into the book. And I suppose the other reason for mentioning my father is that, um, to me, this is a great book to sit down with other family members, mm. younger, older, your siblings, right. and talk about what personal experiences you have that that are reflected in these images, but also what did your parents tell you about growing up? What did your grandparents tell you about growing up? And an opportunity to tell younger people, well, you know, this is how I lived or this is how your granddaddy lived. Mm. Um, so there are a lot of ways into these images. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful book, and, and I, we're blessed to have it. And I'm so thankful that the Department of Archives and History received not only her collection, but also her home, which is mm-hmm. open to the public. And people can go to Miss Welty's home and see the way it was when she lived there, uh, to see where she wrote, where she cooked, the mm-hmm. life she lived, where she entertained, uh, where she... I guess her photography is represented there in in many ways. uh, In the family photographs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But her collection that you curate, the the wealthy collection, it's actually open to the public. Is that right? And people can can come and and, and make an appointment and see it? Well, they don't even have to make an appointment. Mm -hmm. uh, The collection is in the Archives and Records Services Division of the department, and we're housed in the William F. Winter Building, and that's where the Archives Research Library is. That's where the reading rooms are. And one can come to the Winter Building, just bring a photo ID, and uh, we'll get you set up with the uh, researcher card so that you can go into the reading rooms and before you visit I'd recommend that you look at our on log I'm sorry online catalog uh-huh. uh, to get an idea of what you would like to see in the wealthy collection and make the best use of your time when you're at the archives and then you can call for material and we'll deliver it to you in the archival reading room so for people who are interested beyond the book and would love to someday visit the archive, it, it is open to the public. Ms. Mm-hmm. Welty left it as in a trust for mm-hmm. people to not only come to her home and mm-hmm. visit her home, but to, to have access to her archives, mm-hmm. her photographs, her writings. Mm-hmm. And, and I know y'all recently re- received uh, a grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities to, to do some work on the collection. Is that right? I, I know that... John Peaty, the now uh, chairman of the endowment, was in Mississippi and announced a couple of awards. Mm-hmm. One went to the Writer's Trail so that we could begin mm-hmm. that work, and another one went mm-hmm. to the Wealthy Collection. And Can you explain a little bit about what that right. work is about? Uh, as I mentioned, the collection is very large. There are thousands of items. Uh, this grant will allow us to uh, secure 
professional conservation work for about 60 of the items. It'll allow us to digitize about 13,000 items, and uh, most of those will be available online after we've digitized them. This is not the entire collection. We had to make selections. Just a portion of it. So mm-hmm. it is just a portion, but it's a great start. And these are and, and it includes most of the photographs. And uh, this will be a great resource for anybody who's interested in wealthy and for scholars and for teachers. Now, being the wealthy curator uh, at Archives and History, do you have a favorite wealthy photograph? You you must. <laughs> well, you're surrounded by them all the time. I probably do, but there's there's one I want to tell you about. And I, I think what's happened for me through the years is that I've come to associate photographs that I love with stories that I love. And one story is uh, about uh, you, you've probably remembered the photograph bottle trees oh, or yeah, house yeah. with bottle trees uh-huh. and there's a there's a house over to the right side of the photograph it's about a medium shot over to the left side of the photograph are, are two or three trees that have bottles on them and they're uh, nice sized trees and every branch and every twig has a bottle on it well in these new images that have come to the department I've come across an envelope of three negatives And when you look at those negatives, you see that these trees are kind of scrawny looking. And they're not completely covered in bottles. They're just kind of hit and miss. And when you look at the outside of the envelope, Miss Welty had written inferior bottle trees. (laughs) (laughs) So now when I look at the photograph house with bottle trees, I think, oh, these are superior (laughs) bottle trees. (laughs) Um, And another one is an image that's frequently called spanking. Uh, And in this image, uh, a woman is seated on the steps in front of her porch. She's holding a toddler. The toddler is seated on her lap, not across her lap as Mm -hmm. one would be for spanking. This toddler is seated on her lap. The woman has one hand... uh, across the front of the child, holding the child up, and the other hand is stretched out beyond the child's back. So this is another story that relates to that Lugine show. Someone in New York called that photograph spanking. Ah. But years later, someone else wanted to use that photograph in a uh, promotion for uh, anti-domestic violence, and... Welty declined and told me that it wasn't a picture of spanking. She didn't want to call it spanking. Someone else had given it that title. And that, in fact, what the woman is doing is telling Miss Welty as she takes the photograph, this child was no bigger than a fish when she was born (laughs) about this long. So it's great. Wow. (laughs) So when I see the photographs... You know, I'm thinking about that other information. That that's that's terrific. And and there are other conversations that you recall with Miss Welty about photographs or any of the the collection that that you could share with us, fondnesses. Oh, gee, uh, 
I'm, I'm sure there are. Those are the ones that came to mind to me for today. Yeah. Um, in the 1980s, she worked with Dr. Suzanne Mars, right. who became her authorized biographer. Right. And uh, it's Dr. Mars who did most of the interviews about the photographs. And prior to that, Patty Black, who had been director of the State Historical Museum and was one of Miss Welty's friends, um, worked with Miss Welty on the photographs and uh, helped Miss Welty as they put together One Time, One Place, which mm-hmm. was her first publication of photographs. And didn't Patty and Miss Welty do another book, kind of a little funny? <laughs> what, what was that called? Those little well, uh, early escapades. Escapades, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she had on costumes. Uh-huh. Had her friends all dressed up. Mm-hmm. What, yeah, what all the, the silly photographs. Well, early escapades is wonderful uh, for the for the photographs, but also because uh, Patty collected all sorts of line drawings and all sorts of design and other art that Welty had done, uh, especially in her, well, in her youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's worth looking at because it is it is fun, and it gives you the more whimsical side of Welty. Yeah, she had a, quite a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. There's a great story Willie Morris used to tell. She, she and Willie were out for a ride one Sunday afternoon, and they came to a crossroads, and Willie said, I've never been down this road, Miss Well, Do you think we ought to take a right here and go to? It go was called. It was called. Wasn't it called Paradise Road? It or? was. And okay. she said, "Should we? Should we go down Paradise Road?" And Miss Welty said, "We'd be fools not to." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We'd be fools not to. I love that story. It's too. a great story. <laughs> so, how many books have been published that in, that Ooh. have the photographs in them? Four or five, or mm. many more? I mean, I don't know. I'm just curious. I know there's uh, One Time, One Place, Escapades, this particular wealthy photographs. photographs. Um, Um, There are probably some catalogs. Right. The big ones were One Time, One Place in 1971, and then that was reissued in a silver anniversary edition in 1996 in black and white. It was in 1985, and that was kind of a collector's I forgot about volume. that one. Mm-hmm. And then Passionate Observer in 2002. And, of course, there was a, an exhibit associated with Passionate oh. Observer. Wow. And it, they've been published in any number of places, but those are the those and then the portfolios are the ones I think that, that most people have seen. Right. Well, Forrest, thank you for coming in and talking about the, this new reissue of Miss Welty's photographs. And uh, look, we'll have to have you back, and we'll talk more about the collection. I think okay. it's such a fascinating collection that the state uh, has that Miss Welty left us that we could probably have forty shows just <laughs> talking about the photographs in the in the collection. Yeah. But thanks for coming in. Thank thanks you. for for your time and the work that you do. It's always good to see you and. Uh, That'll about wrap us up for the Mississippi Arts Hour today. We'll see you next Sunday, 5 o'clock, right here on MPB Think Radio.